0: Our reading this morning is from Ibrahim Farajaje, who was a beloved professor of blessed memory of mine from Star King School for the Ministry. He writes, bodies are good. Soft newborn baby bodies are good. Growing children's bodies are good. Awkward, curious teenager bodies are good. Adult bodies are good. Gray-haired bodies are good. Wrinkly bodies are good. Thin bodies are good. Overweight bodies are good. Bodies in wheelchairs are good. Bodies living with HIV AIDS are good. Amputated bodies are good. Bodies with cancer are good. Male bodies and female bodies are good. Intersex bodies and transgender bodies are good. Gay, lesbian, and bisexual bodies are good. Straight bodies are good. Queer bodies of all kinds are good. Black, white, brown, yellow, red, cinnamon, hazel, peach, ebony, ochre bodies, bodies of all colors are
1: good.
2: Good morning. morning. I was born and raised in Southern California in the 1970s and 80s. I was raised by two people with a lot going on in their lives. My world was the tail end of the Vietnam War. My world was the rise, decline, and devolution of the sexual revolution in the summer of love. My world was the spoils of war according to Madison Avenue. My world was BJ and the Bear, Pop-Tarts, H.R. Puppin' Stuff, Farrah Fawcett, and the Bee Gees. We were the first generation raised almost entirely from television. My father was tough, a Vietnam vet, amateur boxer, and run-of-the-mill tough guy. The boy, me, that shared his name was not. I was gregarious, and I was creative, but I was far from aggressive. I was cooperative and far from competitive. Without a word, my father and his Navy buddies gave me a look. It was a look of amusement mixed with pity and repulsion. It was compounded by the television series Lost in Space, where June Lockhart ran into the protective arms of Professor John Robinson, and the effeminate, conniving, and cowardly Dr. Smith could not be trusted. Professor Robinson would take command like a man and leave the Pansy Smith in his place. Dirty Harry, Joe Friday, Marshall Dillon, and Professor Robinson, those were men. June Cleaver, Barbara Eden, and Ann Margaret swimming in a pool of pork and beans, those were women. <laughs> Although I saw through this fallacy from an early age, this mythology wove itself into the fabric of my sexual identity, both haunting, and provoking my adolescence and early adulthood. As I grew older, my relationship, not only to others, but to myself, was changing. Culture, media, peers, and my own family were having an impact on my development. The impact was not always positive. I was still a child, but I was becoming a cultural casualty in a war on sexual identity, fought with weapons of mass conformity. I received no sexual education until high school, and that was merely biology. If you're keeping a chronological scorecard right now, this is when the national news told us of gay cancer. It wasn't long before we saw real men and real women die of HIV AIDS. I was fortunate to make my way through without disease or violence. For many young people, this is not the case. For many young people, our culture creates both monsters and victims. Our peace and acceptance is an exception, it is not the rule. What would Owl have done for me? Owl would have given me more than a biology lesson. I would would not have to wonder. I would have been given knowledgeable information that sexuality and sexual identity are not found through Beretta and BJ and the Bear. Hollywood stereotypes are no closer to the real world than Haas and Little Joe were to Fantasy Island. I would have had the opportunity to ask the embarrassing question I could not in school, in a biology class. I would have had the opportunity to ask them anonymously, yes, we do that. And we answer those questions with facts and our faith in mind. I may have even found something to celebrate about myself. I might have been more sensitive to the needs of others around me and therefore been a better friend. I might have released myself from the bondage of ignorance by knowledge rather than by pure providence. We can begin to separate entertainment from reality. We can make real efforts to create a culture of inclusion. We can empower our children with information. We can reconcile and integrate our faith, and our values with our very own identity, we can make a commitment to the health, safety, and happiness of our young people and ourselves. We can do this. Thank you.
0: As Frederick Beekner once said, sex is like nitroglycerin. You can use it either to blow up bridges or heal human hearts. How did you learn about sex? I remember my dad sitting me and my sister down with a pamphlet at our local Dairy Queen. (laughs) The pamphlet had pictures and rather clinical descriptions of sex. And my dad walked us through the content and then finally said, do you have any questions, girls? (laughs) You can ask me anything. I had questions. Lots and lots of questions, but the last person I was going to ask was my dad. Because, ew. (laughs) We had the obligatory sex ed classes at school. We must have had the same class. Boys in one room, girls in another. Lots of giggling. I recall the class covering body changes during puberty, and mostly all of the bad stuff that was going to happen to us when we had sex. (laughs) The information, I guess, was accurate, but woefully lacking. I was lucky that my parent and my school went to the effort to educate me about sex, and that education was not overtly harmful. Shelley Donahue, an abstinence-only sex educator, speaks in schools across the nation, In her talks, she takes a piece of packing tape and sticks the tape on a boy. And then ripping the tape off, she shares that the used tape represents a sexually active girl. Donahue tells her young audiences that when the tape is removed from the boy and then a series of boys, it loses its bonding power. It's essentially broken. Now... Imagine a different way of educating our children about sex, a method that doesn't shame them, a method that doesn't reduce sex down to clinical descriptions of body parts or fear-based cautionary tales, a method that gives them a safe space and plenty of time to ask questions of caring adults who are not their parents and their peers. In a few moments, Deline will share more details about our whole lives, our denomination sexuality education curriculum. But before she does, I want to take just a minute and think about how radical it is that our religion, along with the United Church of Christ, who we partner with, that we choose to take responsibility for providing comprehensive sexuality education to our youth and some young adults. For hundreds of years, we've been saddled in this culture with the notion, thanks to the ancient Greek and Christian church's philosophy of dualism, that there's a divide between body and spirit. This way of thinking suggests that these bodies of ours are just temporary, lesser vehicles. It's the spirit that matters. Spirit is holy. Bodies are crude. Our approach to comprehensive sexuality education is a vast departure from this tired old message. We communicate a strong holistic message that as we heard in our reading, simply but profoundly, bodies are good and healthy loving touch is good and consensual sex is good a delicious gift to enjoy in these human lives of ours. Feminist writer Audre Lorde says, in touch with the erotic, I become less willing to accept powerlessness or those other supplied states of being which are not native to me, such as resignation, despair, self-denial. As such, we consider it a sacred act for us to help our children grow into powerful, self-aware adults who will be capable of being in loving relationships with others and with themselves. At many UU congregations, high school students share in what they call a bridging service how growing up in the church impacted them and prepared them for life. At one bridging service that I attended, a young woman waxed poetic about the value of her UU religious education, how it inspired her to build her own theology, how it inspired her to want to be a social worker. And then said, and I love that I'm the only one of my friends that learned about masturbation in church. (laughs) Here, here. We believe that encouraging our children to understand and enjoy their own bodies and affirm their experience is good. Another graduate of OWL said, OWL taught me that sexuality is not something to be ashamed of or to be hidden or feared. It's something to be questioned and explored, respected and protected. It's nuanced and complex and sometimes infuriatingly confusing. Our comprehensive sexuality education program goes far beyond avoiding pregnancy and disease. It covers the emotional, the spiritual, the physical, and the social aspects of sexuality and gender identity. So imagine a gay, lesbian, bisexual, or transgender kid going to our church sex education class And their experience is not only included, it's not only tolerated, but is honored and celebrated. All of our kids hear the message that being heterosexual and being cisgender are two of the ways of experiencing sexual orientation and gender identity. But there are many other ways that are equally valid, that are equally good. Having a kid who doesn't fit into neat gender boxes myself, I can tell you how them being part of OWL has been utterly instrumental in their sense of self-acceptance. I am so grateful that John and Delene and others of you have taken an interest in OWL and are willing to devote your time and energy in the months coming forward to make sure that our children here in the Catawba Valley have access to comprehensive sexuality education. Of the many good things that our faith does, I will continue to say that Al is at the top of the list. And I'm grateful for the opportunity per- to provide
3: it here. Good morning. I'm going to share my experience uh, with our whole lives and um, kind of go over exactly what it includes. Um, My experience with Al began last fall when Patty, uh, Patricia, asked me to go to the training with John. She wasn't able to make it, and I'm trying to teach myself to learn about the details before I commit. So, um, but I didn't do that at the time, and I said, sure, I'll do it. Uh, I did not realize (laughs) what a long weekend it was going to be and what it was going to entail. but um, I adjusted. (laughs) (laughs) So we went down there. We had a full night after a full day of work on a Friday. Um, Everyone there, except for John and I, I believe, had already taught owl in some sort of um, uh, situation, came from churches that was very familiar. I had no idea what the program was about. The next day, Saturday, was a big full day. That evening, my, the, the person I was staying with, my good friend, um, she had attended the funeral of uh, Doug Robachek. He's uh, with um, Charlotte Observer. So they were going to have a gathering of his friends at a friend's house. Um, so I went along, had nothing else to do in the evening after the service, after the uh, workshop. Um, explained to somebody why I was there in Charlotte, and they said, oh, well, somebody over there was just talking about that program, and I was I was like, well, that's really odd, because I don't know anything about it. The <laughs> next day, when I came home, I was at a political event, and again, somebody said, well, what have you been doing all weekend, and I explained, and they said, oh, my gosh, are you going to have that? oh, it's wonderful, please let let us know. We've got a population, we've got young kids in this area that would benefit. So I'm like, wow, this really is um, a a good program and again, I know very little about it. Um, (laughs) So I'm gonna tell you what it says from the website because I got so much information that weekend that I could just go on and give you examples of of some of the hands-on activities and I'd, I'd never get finished. So from the UU website, it says, our whole lives programs provides honest, accurate information about sexuality. It dismantles stereotypes and assumptions. And this is what I love. It builds self-acceptance and self-esteem, fosters healthy relationships, improves decision-making, and has the potential to save lives has the potential to save lives. I get chills every time I I see that. We know people that are no longer with us because they didn't have OWL. OWL is a comprehensive lifespan sexuality education curricula for uh, use in both secular settings and faith communities. Interactive workshops and lessons engage participants, while step-by-step instruction for program planners and facilitators help ensure success. This is very important, step-by-step instructions. It's not your opinion or your lifestyle. There's a curriculum that we just follow and it makes it um, easier. I hate to say easier, but you're not putting your own personal beliefs. It's in the curriculum. And believe me, I had a, um, a difficult uh, lesson last year, and um, we, we brought up same-sex marriage, and it was with some of the younger kids, and I said, I don't know how I'm gonna do this. But what I did is I just memorized that paragraph, I read it, and the two kids there said, yeah, okay, yeah, oh, they do that? Oh, okay, And that, and then we moved on. So it wasn't a big, powerful, Uh, dropping a cinder block moment kind of thing. Um, So the program helps young people make informed and responsible decisions about their sexual health and behavior. It's a holistic approach. It's not just the mechanics and the biology because it's our whole lives, guys. <laughs> our whole lives provides accurate, developmentally appropriate orientation and information about a range of topics, including relationships, gender identity, sexual orientation, sexual health, and cultural influence on sexuality. The program continues from uh, K to older adults. They've just started uh, one over for over 50 year old folks. The um, 4th through 6th grade program, which is what we were involved in for the weekend, it includes 10 75-minute sessions. Yes, that's a long time. Parents have an orientation session at the beginning. They are told exactly what will be presented. There's a discussion about uh, what they want to have presented. Um, One of our role plays was, uh, dealing with the younger groups, and how much to include. Um, I tend to be a very open-minded person, but um, I was able to see that we, maybe we shouldn't present some information to the, to the younger children. Um, but then somebody said something that I wrote down and I'll remember for the rest of my life. They said, well, you know, we, could, we can postpone this information but this is why we are here. To teach these young children there's nothing wrong with the sexual act. So if we say these children are not developmentally ready, then when will they be? Um, That's why the kids come. Not because the parents don't want to to be the number one educator. They are, and that's what they uh, emphasize the whole weekend. The parents are the number one educators for the children. We're there to support them, and we're to work with the parents. So that was something I was not prepared to hear, but it's it's actually it's correct, and um, it's so important to have the parents support and to have discussions between uh, the sessions. So. The, the parents in the, in the beginning are very much involved in, in what's going to be presented. And if um, they don't embrace that, then they have the opportunity not to, to be involved. Some of it can be a little uncomfortable, but that's what we try to discuss at the beginning. When we do have a program here, the parents will be asked to come and hopefully we can start these, kids young, um, by the time they are in high school, they'll be like the children, the young adults that I met down in Charlotte. I saw kids that came from fairly large churches and Al is just a part of their congregation. Everybody goes up through the program. So I was able to see the product of that. I saw very articulate um, teenagers, um, beautiful kids. I saw kids that might be considered outsiders, nerds, whatever, but they were all respectful. I have never seen a group of such diverse kids, abilities, um, social interaction, lack of social interaction, um, get along the way uh, they get along. They had a um, talent show, and there were some kids that came up, and were just phenomenal you know just exceptional and then there were other kids that came up and their uh, comedy routine was not very good but they received the same applause as the other kids and and sitting there and watching those young adults i thought this is what our congregation needs we're very small maybe we can't do it all ourselves But I hope we can uh, team with another congregation. Um, Church of Christ also does this, so um, it doesn't have to be a UU slant. Um, We can do this together. There were some uh, Church of Christ folks there at at our um, training as well. So um, I, I hope we can get this started as soon as possible this year. And uh, if you're interested, um, we need more folks. Thank you.
0: Thank you both, and thank you then both a the hand for taking a whole weekend. And- <laughs> so we expect that this will launch hopefully in the fall. Um, it is likely that we will do younger ages Here and hopefully fan the flames and start talking it up in town. And we're also in discussion with the Boone UU congregation, who's been doing this for years and years and years. Um, And so there's some possibility that they will actually host two weekend retreats so that we can send our bigger kids up to them for a couple weekends and work with them collaboratively so that we can um, make sure that our middle schoolers and high schoolers get that education. So stay tuned for details. And as Celine said, we could use... A point person, coordinator type person who is willing to kind of be the glue. We've got a couple great teachers, but if you are interested in promoting this um, and kind of being the the behind-the-scenes person who can help us get this launched, uh, that would be wonderful. John suggested this song, so it's for you. as you are able and join in singing hymn number
1: 168, One More
3: Step. (laughs)
2: simply at home in yourself.
0: Be just in your word, just
2: in your deed.
0: Remember the depth of your own
3: compassion.
2: Do not forget your power in the days of your powerlessness.
3: Practice forbearance in all you do, speak the truth or speak not. Take care of your body, be good to it, it is a good gift.
2: Crave peace for all peoples in this world beginning with yourselves.
3: Go as you go with the dream of that peace set firm in your heart. Amen and blessed be.
0: And please stay for a light lunch and our volunteer festival. We really, really, really want you to stay. And because we do, (laughs) we actually have a drawing for a restaurant gift card. And we also, I am willing to part with some of my CDs if you don't have one yet. So we're going to take a 10 minute break, and then I look forward to seeing your beautiful faces in this room in 10 minutes.